Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Westworld Westcast podcast. I'm your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and as always, joined by uh, the bodacious Preston Jacobs. What's up, Preston? The bodacious. I always have to give you one new thing Cow- every time. Cowabunga? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who used, was bodacious more of a uh, the Ninja Turtles? Way- Wayne and Garth thing, or was it a, a Ninja Turtles thing? Uh, did you see Did you see Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I that that's a thing. Uh, what? Uh, it's just a short little skit on SNL, but it was <laughs> it was pretty fuck? brutal. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Anyways, guys, yeah, yeah. welcome back to the Westworld podcast. Uh, this time we're going to be uh, discussing episode seven, Past Pawn. As always, SoundCloud, iTunes, you know the gist. Uh, leave your thoughts down below. We may cover them next episode. Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, so this episode, the penultimate episode. Um, not bad. I just had a few minor issues with it that didn't make any sense, but we'll get to those. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think structurally, it was a lot of exposition, big exposition exposition dumps. I was a little um, confused at times, especially with Caleb's story. It felt like it was a little bit, a bit jumbled. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be jumbled. Uh, you know, I, we'll get, we'll get into that, but like, the the I would say like the overall structure I was I was really exhausted from all of the exposition dumps because you go from from Dolores explaining stuff to Caleb and Caleb asking these questions that Dolores doesn't seem to ever answer and then and then it, it transitions to Solomon you know doing these dumps of information and then that's interspliced with Bernard doing dumps of information to you know Stubbs and William mm-hmm. and so you're just getting information dumps where, where not much is really happening and so when the Maeve fight happened normally I think that kind of like dumb action stuff is is superfluous but I was so craving something to happen that when the <laughs> Maeve fight happened I was like oh thank god something's happening like something's going on on screen <laughs> so weirdly like I usually don't like usually the action parts are my least favorite part of episodes, but for me, <laughs> the Maeve Dolores fight was my favorite part. Hmm. Weird, right? Yeah. It's, no- it's normally you're kind of like eh, with action scenes, but okay, I know, okay. I but I thought it was a pretty well done action scene because I, I I like action scenes where you can tell what's happening. Um, like I think that for instance, uh, the new um, Road Warrior. Uh, movie was was really great because like if you look at those action scenes like they're fast but you could but you know all of the action Road Warrior, um, you know Mad Max. Oh, I'm you sorry, mean Fury Road? Road? Yeah, yeah, Fury Road. There you go. Yeah, no, I agree with you yeah. on that one. Those are those are action sequences where like you understand everything that's going on in the fight, like who who is hitting whom with what where what is happening to that character. It's not a, somebody throws a punch and there's a cutaway and someone's oh, yeah. flying and you're not, you're not really sure what's going on. Like the action is a story in itself. That's one of the reasons I love Jackie Chan films and like Kung Fu films in general from China because the camera stays still and you can see the action. Whereas in the yes. US, people don't know how to fight and a you know, bunch of cuts all over yeah. the place. Yes. And, and, you know, I think, and I think a, good action, a good action scene is a story in itself. And so you can have a convoluted action scene where people are just throwing punches and you're not sure what's going on. And so I, I felt they did a pretty good job in, I mean, there, there's one 
you know, cut away where you kind of don't know what happened to Dolores and how she set up that gun. But for the most part, when fighting Maeve, you kind of know who's hitting where and what's happening, you know, so. I thought the sword initially was kind of a dumb thing because, you know, people love swords. But at the same time, (laughs) we've seen hosts survive gunshot wounds before. And uh, I guess the sword is kind of crucial to cut off certain body parts and whatnot. And that's more effective against hosts. But I'm, I'm completely confused how strong a host is. Well, they can punch you enough to where you can like fall back like you're in an anime, but I guess But I don't know I don't know how mortal a host is. Like I don't know what would kill a host. Like when Dolores is bleeding to death in an alley, I don't know Right. I don't know if she's close to death or not. Like I don't know like how long can she bleed to death in an alley? Can she bleed to death in an alley for a week? Uh, or, or you know, it's like I, I vaguely know like how long a human can bleed to death, you know? Like minutes you know maybe 30 minutes max like and then they're gone right so you know like how long can a host last you know when does a host pass out like if a human being had their arm cut off they'd be gushing blood and they'd pass out in a seconds right and you could have put you better put a tourniquet on that immediately because that person's going to be gone mm-hmm. but dolores like runs like 300 yards to the emp pulse and it's like, oh, hosts can do that. They don't. Need so you're blood. talking about you're, you're talking about the comparison between her getting shot in the first episode and kind of like acting like she's gonna bleed to death versus her getting her arm blown off here and able to like go very far. I think it's just how how they're programmed to receive pain because they shouldn't like be like struggling that much, even getting shot or wounded at any point. They're robots, right? But, right, but at the same time, weren't they given robotic parts that, that so resemble humanity that they're indistinguishable other than the fact that there's a, there's a light bulb in their skull? I, see, that, that's the difficult one because I don't want to say it's just the writers being assholes and trying to, you know, do a thing. But right. at the same – I don't want to say it's a mistake, but at the same time, yeah – I don't think she's yeah, feeling pain, I, but or anything like that. I, mean, I, I just don't think it's established. Like when, yeah. when Teddy survived that transfusion um, in the first season, like you know that, that no human being could survive that, and let alone I don't know how the Man in Black got the blood from Lawrence into Teddy, but you know a human being wouldn't wouldn't, and then he then he like healed up, you know, pretty much after that. Like he was ready to die, and then he healed up and. Yeah, his programming is going to be part of that, but at the same time, like, no human being could survive that, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Well, uh, let's start with the, the first thing that happens in the episode, which is basically mm-hmm. Charloris calls Musashi to warn him that Dolores is letting all her copies to die. This kind of seemed a little weird, because why why is Charloris pissed at Dolores and her clones like why why is that there's a lot of there's a lot of transient weird hatred right so let's say that doesn't quite make sense like let's say charlotte charlotte dolores suspected that dolores dolores set that bomb and wanted to kill her what does that have to do with musashi dolores like wouldn't charlotte dolores of all people understand that being a different copy of dolores is is being a different person so why is Musashi Dolores guilty of Dolores Dolores' crimes against Charlotte Dolores? Exactly. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. But okay, fine. Whatever. They're at the restaurant, and we find out that, of course, we all knew it was coming. Clementine was revived. But so was the Japanese armistice, uh, Hana, Hanario? 
Um, why, yeah, Japanese armistice, yeah. <laughs> why not get actual armistice? Right, or why get Musashi? Why not get Musashi? I mean, Musashi, like, well, I thought it was really funny that, that Japanese armistice was upset that, that they used Musashi's image. And it's like, you could have saved Musashi. Like, Musashi was in cold storage like anybody else. Mm-hmm. They could have grabbed him. Regardless, uh, Dolores, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. It's, I, I, no, it's, I, yeah. I, my explanation for it is that armistice, regular armistice is crazy and too hard to control. Mm. So Japanese armistice is easier to control. Mm, I guess. I I guess that would make sense. It's the, it's just that at first I had to go, who is that again? And I had to go back yeah, to look up who that was. I'm like, oh, I don't remember um, Japanese armistice as much as I do normal armistice. Well, no. And Japanese armistice never really has a connection with Maeve. Like right. Japanese armistice spent her time like masturbating with regular armistice. What? Mast because they were like armistice and Japanese armistice were in love with each other, so it's like, it's like masturbation, it's like narcissist stuff, you know. So it's just like she's in love with herself. Mm. That's that was the joke, you know. Like <laughs> I don't just, remember that, you know, but I'll take your word. She's for a psych, it. she's a psychotic egomaniac, so of course she's going to be in love with herself. Yeah, well, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, uh, it was played for a joke, but yeah. <laughs> Dolores and Caleb arrive at Sarek's re-education center in Mexico, where Solomon, an earlier AI developed by Sarek's brother, Sean Mee, is constrained. And Caleb discovers that he's one of Sarek's outliers, and one of the few that were successfully reconditioned. That he and Francis became agents to bring other outliers, using a pill to subdue their memories. So, that thing they keep taking over and over again, that's actually to, I guess, dull their senses, and just, at the same time, like, keep that shit away, right? Just... Keep them yeah. calm and docile. Yeah, and you know, I think it can do lots of different things, but yeah, I think that's the main reason. Because we did see the one guy, there was that, um, uh, Jesse gets that job where he's got to get that guy that's all drugged out. He was using the same thing, but it was more of an upper effect. Mm-hmm. They're using it as like a downer effect to like, uh, you know, make, to, to null themselves of the guilt and, and, uh, you know, PTSD and the, and the, all of that kind of stuff. So the thing that I'm a little confused about, well, not a little confused, it's just, it was weird how they were structuring the whole thing. So initially, everybody thought that Caleb killed Francis. I initially thought that... Of course, yeah. I initially one thought... Of the, one, of the, one of the least, like the worst kept secrets. Like, they kept building up to this like huge reveal that... I killed Francis. Of course you fucking killed Francis. We all know you fucking killed Francis. We had a whole bunch of episodes where Liam is like, you did it. You know, and like everybody knows that he killed Francis. But as time went on in the episode, I actually thought at first that, because um, we see him in the re-education center as a flashback, I actually yeah. thought that Caleb was never in the army or even had a friend, a friend named Francis that they just programmed into his mind because he's an outlier and for him to stay docile. But that wasn't the case. It's kind of yeah, ingenious, yeah. actually, that they're using outliers to take out other outliers using that app, that, that uh, crime sure. Tinder app. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, I think, I think it would have been cleaner had he never been in the military. Mm. But instead, it's because it's, now you've got a situation where he goes to war and then he comes back and then he becomes a criminal using the app. And you have a jump because it's like, well, wait a minute. Why when Jesse and Francis were honorably discharged from the military? And so it's like, why would they immediately go into their, 
into this crime app business where they're following a, a nebulous app. Like there, there's a big jump. Like he would have to come back, like fail to get a job, you know, get bored, and then discover this app somehow. I mean, there's a lot of steps. Well, him failing to get a good from, job, we kind of already covered that in the first episode, right? Sure, but we never established it like again, like back then, right? Mm. Because because one of the things is he doesn't become suicidal until after he kills Francis. And so one of the big things, the reason he can't get a job is because he's suicidal. And he, but he doesn't become suicidal until killing Francis. Right. So it's like, why? Like, I'm just saying that, that it would have, for all the flashbacks and repeating scenes, because they repeated a lot of scenes, um, like, why not explain, like, how he went from being an honorably discharged vet to criminal following an, uh, an app that has no leader? You know, like, how do you go from, from those two, like, one to the other? I don't know. Um, so I don't think they did a very good job in that sense, considering they explained so much of his backstory. They did, but it, it just, it, it was like such, so, I would, I would argue it was a little messy. It jumped from one place to another. And at the end of the day, I just wanted them to show one turn of events, just explain one thing that happened instead of passing from scene to scene to scene to scene, you know? Yeah. I learned more about Francis. Like I can understand why Francis was doing it. Cause Francis said that his boy was sick mm-hmm. and there's a lot in that line. Like, oh, my boy's sick. Like, because now you're like, oh, the system is probably killing his boy because it doesn't want outliers to have kids. Right. And two, like, he needs to pay for medical stuff. So that drives him and that brings him into crime. Like, that one line was juicier than, than so much that was, like, overly explained um, about Jesse, you know. I think that Taylor. is my problem with the whole thing. Uh, everything was a bit too overexplained. They went into a little too much detail. And then at the same time, not enough detail. Because we find yeah, out that yeah. Solomon, um, the earlier AI, he's like a little mental, but it's not really in detail how mental he is and why that's a specifically a bad thing. Yeah, why, yeah, why is that relevant? He's sch- like saying something that he's schizophrenic. Like, do they, do they mean like TV schizophrenic where somebody has multiple personality disorders, which isn't really real schizophrenia, but like that's TV schizophrenia. Do they mean that? Or do they mean like something else? Do they mean he's depressed, having hallucinations, delusions? They never explained it. Like is, is, does Rehoboam have an AI personality like Solomon? Cause we never hear Rehoboam talk. One of the jokes that I saw online was, was somebody saying like how Caleb is so tolerant of Dolores's non answers to everything. Like, Hey, where are we going? We're going to a place that, you know, that that has something that took some that we're going to a place that stole something from you. Well, and then he's just like, okay, and he's not going to ask any more questions. Like, I'm sorry, you're on horses. Like you, you, I don't know where they got the horses. I guess every Mexican airport has a whole bunch of horses in front of it. (laughs) But (laughs) they got these horses. That's going to be many, many hours on a horse to this to this place. You're never gonna follow up that question, like you know, like, like he's he's insane, like oh he's an insane AI. In what way is he insane? That's a huge, like saying somebody's insane, like that's huge, a huge broad reason. Like, be a little more specific. Let's just say he he was schizophrenic, like his creator. 
Yeah, right. Okay. So, so even though Jean Me, uh, Sarek's brother, created Solomon, Solomon deemed him not worthy to be around anyway, and essentially put him in cryosleep along with a bunch of other outliers. So, how come yeah. all the outliers are in cryosleep? How come some are allowed to roam around and some are in cryo? Right, and some are murdered. Like, why do some get murdered and some get put in cryo? Right, like, I, I don't... In fact, why did they switch their minds about Jesse? Like, Jesse was ordered to be murdered, and then they decided to reform him again and put him back out into society. Mm-hmm. And, and, how, and how is... So, how is this machine able to, like, snoop in on Jesse and his buddy Francis to determine that they should be terminated, but the machine doesn't, like snooping on jesse when he's hanging around dolores right like like how come yeah. it's only om- omnipotent sometimes but it's not yeah. omnipotent when all, it's really always, matters always listening but then sometimes not listening. like i don't <laughs> okay i'm just so confused about that but okay so caleb also learns he was the one manipulated by rehoboam to kill francis meanwhile Maeve arrives at the facility to fight dolores and dolores implores solomon to establish john mean's plan for the world rather than sarek's so sarek's brother had a different plan but sarek thought eh, we should probably go with this one instead right some sort of revolution because mm-hmm. they later call it revolution but we don't know anything about it and then and then jesse is, is kind of like tell me how to kill your creator which is this is odd. Is like, shouldn't you be more specific and say Sirach? Maybe uh, I guess <laughs> like because Jean Me is in the is right there. Like, <laughs> but but um, so you don't you kind of don't know what what mission he gave him in the drive. Right. I was gonna ask you that because Dolores wanted Solomon to give him like the revolution plan, but he yeah. wants something kind of different. And you know how machines are. You got to be very specific, especially in this right. whole thing. So, and before he's able to warn Caleb of some kind of thing, Dolores activates the EMP after her fight with he, Maeve. Caleb even he, he even makes it more ambiguous. He's like, because first you have the revolution plan, and then he says, "Tell me how to cre- kill your creator," which okay, there's some ambiguity. If, like. If you mean Ciroc or Jean-Mi, but okay, maybe the computer's like, oh, he means Jean-Mi. Okay. I mean, he means Ciroc. Okay. But then he's like, he's like, but if I, the computer specifically, Solomon specifically says like, but then I won't be able to tell you about the revolution plan. And he then, and then Jesse just says, tell me how to end this. Well, that's even more ambiguous. Like, tell me how to end this. Like, and then he just gives him the drive. And you're like, who knows what's on that drive? Everything was so ambiguous in that. Yeah. And the other thing I don't understand is, okay, so the MP goes off. Does that mean everybody in cryo is dead? Are they going to wake up? And if the MPs can knock out the hosts, then how come Delos didn't have a whole EMP system back in Westworld? Right. Why can't you just kill hosts with the MPs? Like, that's such a huge thing. Like the discovery that like any any host can be stopped at any time with like an EMP pulse. Um, so oh, a computer person sent me a message saying that server systems today have EMP shields. Mm. So that, so that, like the fact that like Solomon would be stopped from an EMP pulse is like a little weird. To be fair, they probably like purposely remove Solomon's EMP shields uh, just in case. To be fair. Sure, but okay, so maybe there's an EMP shield over the people in cryosleep, but then, I don't know, like EMPs can, can scramble programming, so um, 
you know, there's some belief, you know, Dolores or Maeve could be could be killed unless the it, but I don't know. It's such a huge thing. Like, man, like what, during the uprising, like when they fought the Confederados, why didn't they use an EMP pulse? Like when when she fought Musashi Dolores in Singapore, why didn't he just like use an EMP pulse? Why didn't you know when they when they wanted to stop Dolores at all those different times or Charlotte Dolores at the, at the Delos when he was actually trying to scramble all the data and delete it anyway, use an EMP pulse like it'd be so easy. Like, man. <laughs> I mean, you could you could argue the reason Delos didn't use the MP stuff at Westworld is because they didn't want to destroy all the equipment. IP. Yeah, they don't yeah, destroy I mean, all they the keep IP. keep using this word IP. I could understand why Delos didn't because they have this encryption key. They have all of this valuable property. Maybe the MP pulse can, can harm that. But for Serac, who actually wants to actively destroy it, yeah. I mean... He has every reason to use the MP pulse. And uh, so Solomon, I guess, is is gone. Delor- this version of Dolores and Maeve as well. I don't know how Maeve's going to come back because we know Dolores has a copy of herself. But Maeve, maybe Serac copied her as well into another pearl yeah, just in I mean, case. In, in, the, in the previews, they see a re- you, we see a reconstruction. But it's true that like the fifth, the fifth pearl could just be another Dolores copy. So mm-hmm. all the other Doloreses die and then this fifth pearl in berlin as a backup plan another it's just another dolores who's been who's been chilling out at a beer house beer hall and you know but would would this would uh would this dolores know about caleb this new one hmm i mean i i I think they're updating each other are they updating each other because it doesn't sound like they're they don't share a consciousness they don't share like because prime dolores kept certain informations from the other doloreses so yeah, I mean, Musashi Dolores seemed to be giving a briefcase to someone, but he, but he called it a him. So I don't know who, who, um, who it would be. I mean, it might be you know somebody with with Dolores in, inside them. Who knows? But we were still waiting for yeah. Teddy, but I guess Teddy's done for now. It's gone. Well, Teddy's personality is in the Valley Beyond, but we, his body—you could, I mean. Musashi's personality was never in his body, so. Hmm. Uh, and and lastly, Bernard learns of Caleb's special status and warns Ashley that Dolores's plan will see Caleb destroy humanity. As they leave, William proclaims his plan is to rid the world of the remaining hosts. Okay, so William, as always, has his own agenda, but it's kind of falling in line <laughs> yeah, with being, being fucking being fucking bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, I will say though, at first I was like, how how does Dolores's plan? have Jesse lead humanity, but at the same time, Bernard thinks it's to destroy. So someone on uh, Reddit had a theory mm. that um, Dolores' plan was actually uh, was actually said out loud in season one. Um, in the first episode, Dolores and Teddy are watching her family's cattle, and Teddy asks how they lead, all, and lead, lead and herd all the cattle, and Dolores says that you have to pick out the Judas cow and lead him. Judas, yeah, and, the Judas steer. Yeah. Right, and where they go, the rest will follow. Caleb is the Judas cow Dolores is using to herd humanity. Um, That makes sense because Caleb trusts Dolores, and if he does lead humanity, she can have Caleb lead them to their destruction. That I guess that makes a lot of sense. I I think that's I think that's a I think it's a very good theory. But at the same time, what really qualifies Caleb to lead anybody? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why anyone would follow him, but. I don't, yeah, 
I mean, I guess maybe if they're all sheep. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, you know, it's such a, it's such an odd thing. Cause like I say, like when, when the, when the material comes out about people, you'd think that 90% of people would be fine with their profiles. You know? Right. Because not everybody it's, can be a piece of shit asshole. Not everybody can be a piece of shit out. Not everyone can be an outlier. You know, they're specifically just mean to the outliers. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that most people would be like, yeah, I still got to go to work. I still got to, you know, I don't care. I got to, I got to, I got to family to feed um but i don't know apparently uh, on the train everyone was upset every single person so maybe everybody's upset about their profiles and their futures but and caleb is going to lead them it's really it's really quite weird because okay like dolores got treated crappy by 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 delos and maybe you know sirak is trying to kill her but you know doesn't doesn't she feel bad that she's using Jesse the way she is? Like, doesn't she care about him? Shouldn't she? Does she have no sympathy? She's just completely fine, like, manipulating this poor dude, killing off a race of people. I don't really think she cares. I think she just has... Mm. Because even Sarek said there's no chance for coexistence. There's no chance. The Valley Beyond, I guess, is the only way they could really exist in some form or another? Yeah, Dolores has these has these horrible lo- leaps in logic, you know, that, that get me. Because, so Maeve comes in. So Maeve, Maeve's motivation is fairly clear. She wants to protect the Valley Beyond. And the encryption key opens the Valley Beyond. Mm-hmm. And it's like she wants to keep the Valley Beyond encrypted. Um, and then Dolores says, you know, if we can't be free here, we can't be free anywhere. And that's, it's kind of a perverse... Uh, Martin Luther King kind of thing. Because Martin Luther King said that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Not, not, that, it can't, not that you can't have justice anywhere else, but it's a, that injustice is a threat to it. So, I mean, if, if hosts can't live on Earth, like, who cares if, I mean, how does that affect the Valley Beyond? The Valley Beyond can never be opened. Like, it can never be opened without that encryption key. So why does, she, why does she think that they're all, you know, a th- threatened? It's, there's no reason for it. They should just destroy, like Dolores should just destroy the encryption key. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, thinking, you're thinking way too much on this. I, I, Dolores is clearly just trying to have Caleb, for some reason, lead everybody to their downfall. But yeah. I just don't get how they, why they will follow him. At this- Dolores just... Dolores just says so many lines like that where I'm just like, what? Like, you know, like la- last episode when, when they got on the plane and, and Caleb's like, um, maybe people shouldn't know their future. And she's like, you wanted to know your future. And he's like, well, I'm not like most people. And she's like, well, neither am I. Well, that doesn't answer the question at all. Like most people, like he, he's an individual. He is an exception. He wanted to know his future. But it doesn't mean all people should know their future. Mm. She never answers that. Or in this, in the, like Solomon's like, um, we chose the path to protect the most people. Well, you didn't protect these people. Well, yeah, that's not the definition of most. Like that's like these are the these are specifically the people that aren't being protected because we're protecting most. <laughs> like, like it's so like there's such leaps in logic and i don't know if it's just bad writing or if she's purposely being an asshole 
in order to manipulate um, Caleb, you know. Isn't that the beauty of this show? Like, you don't know if it's bad writing or if it's, they're doing a thing, you know? Right. It might be, it's either the worst writing in the world or the best writing in the world. <laughs> It's like, it's at this point, it's Schrodinger's writing. We don't know until the last episode resolves everything, whether it was like, whether it was like, you know, it made any sense. All right. So Preston, let's talk about the final episode. I believe it's called Crisis Theory. And mm. you were telling me, so before we start this, you were telling me that there's a, a line from Game of Thrones in this? <laughs> kind of. At the end, he's, he's you know, when Maeve... Um, at the very end, when Maeve is talking to, to Jesse, she's like, oh, it's not your choice to make. Or she says to Ciroc, like, it's not your choice to make. Oh, then, yeah. Know, she has to say, like, oh, you have to choose. You have to choose. There's all these, like, there's all this, there's all, all these ideas that somehow choosing is some sort of, like, grand philosophical like idea that there's something profound to to the concept of choice. Well, know? well, it's like, why it's why supposedly Dolores chose Caleb to like lead this whole revolution because his ability not to rape her during the the government training uh, exercise. <laughs> su- super low bar. Like, are you <laughs> are you not a rapist? All right, <laughs> good job. Step this and way, like, lead humanity. There you go. It's He's like, not a rapist, everybody. Like, right, but it was it was it's like in that alley. Like, would you have helped me? It's like, why did you help me? And he's like, he's like, or, you know, what, what were your intentions in the alley? And it's like, you needed help. You know, it's like, wouldn't most people, nearly all people, if somebody's bleeding in an alley, like try to help them? And all he does is call an ambulance. She kind of implied that like he helped her because he wanted to fuck her. I mean, I don't really like, I don't think normal people. That was a really weird, that was a really weird scene. Like as we watched that particular scene, because they were trying to make, obviously they're trying to make, we're jumping ahead, but they're trying to make Jesse seem like a rapist for a second. Or, or that his end, male impulses would have taken over while she's bleeding out. Like, right. not really. Like, no, yeah. Like, and in the end, you're like, no, actually, Jesse's a good person, as we suspected all along. Mm-hmm. Like, a twist would have been, oh, Jesse was actually pretty sketch. Um, you know, but that wasn't the case. Like, he, he, he thought, you know, having sex with sex puppets was was not the thing to do, I guess, <laughs> at Westworld. See, I went back and rewatched that scene, and I was trying to understand what the qualities of Jesse being, or Caleb being a good leader were. So apparently it's because not only did he not, yeah. you know, have sex with the robots, but because he convinced his squad to also not have sex with the robots? Uh, okay. I guess, but it it's so odd. Like, like, it... I mean, the whole concept of, of people being evil because they've had sex with, ho- like, Delos hosts. Like, none of them know that they're sentient. And in fact, they're not really sentient at this time. Like, people don't know. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, the, it's, it's actually the same, it's the same issue with um, Toy Story. Like, somehow the other kid, Sid, is evil because he's, like, torturing toys. But he doesn't, he doesn't know they have feelings. He just thinks they're toys. Like, he's not a villain, you know? Like, and so here it's like these people are so villainous because they want to have sex with, with machines that are literally designed to have sex with you. Like, that's why they were made, <laughs> you know? And somehow these people are evil for wanting to have sex with sex dolls. 
Um, yeah, but, uh, it's it's and, mm. and he's he's a good guy because he doesn't want to have sex with the sex doll. It, it really th- this is not an area I want to go down, but I'll but I'll, I'll <laughs> dance I'll dance around it for a minute there. Do you ask a sex doll that was made for the purpose of being sexed up? permission before you and and even if you ask permission aren't they designed and programmed to say yes every time yeah yeah <laughs> aren't they supposed to be willing and that's the thing is like is is Maeve's situation um is Maeve's situation the same as Dolores's situation so like in Dolores this is a this is a bigger like abstract issue but like Dolores was quite explicitly in a fant in a fantasy environment where she was raped, um, you know, every day. Maeve was put into a situation where uh, people paid her for sex, but all of the situation was coerced and forced upon them to begin with. So is Maeve still being raped even though she's been written a story where she's willingly having sex for money? You know, is it is it is it comparable? <laughs> and and not to mention, when Dolores was uh, playing her part in Westworld, she wasn't. Yes, she was. I guess you could say she was raped, but it's also a weird thing because because of her programming, she's more like malleable to like actually give give you her body willingly if you're nice to her and you play the the story. I guess right. I think they said that. You, you have the choice. At some point, I think they said that you have the choice of either saving the girl and having sex with her mm-hmm. or being the evil guy and, and, and raping her. Like, both are options. Right. You know. Guy, it's such a weird conversation. <laughs> I, I know. It's really weird conversation. Because we're... I mean, it's also getting into the morality of fantasy. Like, say, say you have a fantasy of, of something that's immoral. Um, is indulging in an immoral fantasy immoral? Uh, which is what most of these people at Westworld were doing, right? They're indulging in, a, in an immoral fantasy, but, you know, it's still just a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, when you go, look, murder is wrong, but if you go around Grand Theft Auto shooting people in the street, like, do people think you're, you're still a murderer? Now, in the classic Christian sense... Yes, because if you've sinned in your heart, you've sinned. Um, oh, that's that's. Uh, is that, oh, really? That's a thing? Oh my god! Oh yeah! Holy shit! Yeah. I feel bad for those people. But continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it all doesn't matter because if you have faith in Jesus, you're forgiven. So it doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> but 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 the idea is that if you've thought about sinning, you've already sinned. What? Yeah. That's fucking lame. <laughs> what the fuck? There's actually there's actually this um, very famous interview that Jimmy Carter did for I think it's Playboy magazine when he was running for president Mm. and they asked Jimmy Carter have you ever had an affair and Jimmy Carter says in my heart yeah you know like and it was such the perfect answer I mean politics was more subtle back then but Mm -hmm. it was this perfect answer where He's he's saying I'm not better than anybody that has had an affair has had an affair because I've thought about having an affair and there and that's just as bad in the Christian sense. So I'm just he was simultaneously saying I'm just as bad as everybody else while saying like I really know Christianity and it like 
it impressed people majorly. That's that, a, that is a good thing. answer. Yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. That's a good answer, yes. I'm going to use that one yeah, answer. It, mm, that's a good answer. I have in my heart, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's this, it's this, like, weird, yeah, it's this weird moral question. Cause that, and, and I know this is, like, going down a rabbit hole, but this is the, the thing that, that he was chosen to lead the revolution over, the fact that he chose not to partake in fantasy immorality <laughs> you know like yeah he didn't, he didn't know they were anything more than fuck puppets i mean oh, i shouldn't have said that because now they're gonna give us a yellow dollar sign <laughs> Yo, bro this is on my channel you calm the fuck down over there <laughs> <laughs> i'll try i'll try that. to bleep this out as much as possible it's yeah i know all right you want to start doing the want me to do the summary yeah, yeah, sure. So Caleb takes Dolores's uh, pearl to a new body in Los Angeles, um, and this new body is that the one of the older model bodies. The new ones are like uh, kind of like faux flesh and bone, kinda. While while the original bodies from like you know the beta testing, they're, they're more metal, made to last, yeah. right? And the two make their way through the the riots uh, to Insight to plant the control module from Sol from Solomon to Rehoboam. Uh, however, they're intercepted by Charlotte Dolores because apparently Charlotte Dolores is pissed off about the death of Charlotte's family, even though she thanks them. She, she's liberated now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Dolores didn't send the assassins though. I guess not. Yeah, no, but she blames Dolores anyway, because Dolores told her to stay behind and go in there and do all this stuff for her. But but Dolores is that but Charlotte Dolores is also Dolores so she's pissed at her but she should have known that she would have done this and and at the what I <laughs> I mean I'm still just amazed that the assassins would walk away rather than checking <laughs> if Charlotte survived we'll get to how awful Sarek of a, of, a, of a villain Sarek is in a minute but oh um, my god I, I will say I love how. This this society works in the sense where like gun battles are essentially won by the person with the highest amount of cash because Dolores yeah. uh, they're about to be like surrounded and killed so Dolores basically tells the the program the 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 assistant yeah offer the sniper three times to kill the two and walk away I love that so, yeah. I, it's almost like a video game I love it but um by the way did you notice like the walk the, the little bridge they walk on they po probably passed it like four times in the episode. Yeah, yeah, they keep, they just keep going back and forth over it. There's, there's that's a, same that same overpass. There's a lot of filler in this episode. A lot of walking from place to place, and a lot of like people just looking at each oh, other and walking. I did notice that because because it it has a long runtime. Mm -hmm. But if you actually you know when I was putting together my video, I have to take stills you know as I go along, and then I, at the end sometimes I'm like I look at. I take a still of every significant event, right? And then I make a comment on it. And it's funny, though, because it's like I finished, and there's just as many stills as a regular episode, if not fewer. But it's a 50% it's longer episode, you know, because there's just meaningless action or, like, walking or, you know... Jesse putting together Dolores's body takes forever, you know? It's <laughs> just all sorts of random stuff like that. Which I understand, like... They spent a lot of money on, I on that Dolores, um, metal body scene, which looked great. It looked good. Like, I liked it. It looked good, but they definitely wanted to like show off 
the the scene now that they spent the money on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get another uh, fight scene where, where Maeve fights Dolores to retrieve the key for Sarek, and uh, at, during the whole fight, uh, Dolores' body is disabled. I will say, though, uh, apparently Dolores is better than Maeve now because she can... Her metal body gives her extra strength, so... I guess so, but also Charlotte Dolores is more powerful than everybody because she can just shut down Dolores mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at any time. I don't know why she didn't shut her down in the previous scene, but she shuts her down <laughs> there. Yeah, well... Maeve yeah. takes her to Sarek, where she's connected to Rehoboam. Uh, Sarek has her memories deleted when she refuses to give Sarek the host data. Dolores' mm. memories begin deleting quickly, and in her last moment, she inspires Maeve to turn against Sarek. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a parallel of season one in the sense that Ford planned it all, now it's Dolores planned it all. That, like, everything was planned ahead by Dolores to turn Maeve and Jesse. But so the one thing the one thing that correct me on this cuz I'm having I'm having trouble <laughs> know, with this. But hold just, on, hold on. Throughout okay. the entire season 3, Dolores yeah. outright states that she wants to like destroy this world, destroy the humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in this last one, I it, was this was this an epiphany she had? Is just a did she go back on this decision at the very last no, moment of her life, or was no, she did and, she always and, have this idea? And I complain about this. I go on a big rant. I'm putting together my video now, and like I go on a big rant about this because this is not. I, so the big point I make is there's a difference between there's there's a good twist. There's a twist. And then there's and then there's lying and have and, and dishonest storytelling and having contradictions. Okay, mm-hmm. so like a twist is where you know the previous information you've misinterpreted, but now that you have come to the end, you get to reinterpret that. You realize that your interpretation was short-sighted, and and now you have a new interpretation of the information that you've been provided. So, for instance, you're watching The Sixth Sense. Um, you, you interpreted it one way, and then you get to the end and you realize Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, and you're like, oh. And that makes sense. All of these odd scenes that I had been ignoring the whole time make sense now. Mm. I have to reinterpret the whole thing. Um, but there was no bad information. Like, it's not, you know, he didn't say, at the end, they don't say, oh, forget about scene Five and scene 10 and scene 15, those didn't happen. But that's happening here. We're supposed to forget all those times Dolores outright stated that she wanted like humanity to be destroyed and all that stuff. At the beginning of this episode, she says, I was taught to see beauty in the world. I was taught a lie. And then at the end, she says, I choose to see the beauty in the world. You, those are <laughs> direct contradiction <laughs> to each other. That's what I'm confused about. Like, so, so at the very last moment of her life, she went back on what she originally wanted to do. No, no, no. We're she planned it all. Everything, Uh-oh. like the the reason that Musashi Dolores was chosen, and and I imagine like everything is that she was trying. It was all planned for Maeve. Like what? she was trying. She, yeah, she was trying to. This was a master plan to get Maeve to switch sides to her so that Maeve could guide Jesse. 
Now, it also fundamentally doesn't make sense because you can't have a master plan and then talk about free will that you can't predict at the same time, <laughs> you know, which, which is, it's, it's the contradiction of season one as well. Like, oh, Dolores has gained free will, but it's my master plan that she's going to shoot me in the head. You know, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you can't have those two things together. Like she can't be awoken and have free will and be going outside of her loop because she has free will, but then have a master plan where you've planned every moment of her coming up to shoot you in the head. I don't know, man, because like, first off, like that master plan, like it was not made clear that the reason she brought back <laughs> Musashi is because she wanted to try and turn Maeve. And not to mention, Maeve and Mus- uh, Musashi have like one scene together, kind of, and... Yeah. That was not clear at all. Like, maybe I'm missing something because there's always that one guy in the comment section going, I knew it! I saw it ahead! But I, I, I don't see I that. I think she planned... I think the implication is that she planned meeting Jesse in the alley, that she knew about him from Westworld, and that she had set the whole thing up. She wasn't really dying. She, like... Which, I mean, it closes some plot holes and opens others. Like, where you know... Like, when I, when I say, oh, it's a huge plot hole that Musashi was chosen of all of the hosts, why would, why would she choose Musashi? Well, it, it makes sense if she's trying to induce reaction from Maeve. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really understand what reaction she's inducing, but, like, you know, you get it. Like, at least you're in the same ballpark. If everything is Maeve-focused, then maybe she would choose Musashi for some odd reason. But if Maeve has nothing to do with her plan, there's no reason to have Musashi. So I, I think it had to do with that she has a master plan. Well, here's the thing. Like this the is not outright stated. This is really you just like trying to make sense of it. And I commend you for this. I commend you for I this. Mean, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, this is my other problem is that Bernard sits there at the end and is like, oh, I, I know now that Del- I, mis- I misjudged Dolores. It's like you, you haven't even talked to her, but like, oh, I'm connected to her. But you were connected to her before and you got all these interpretations wrong. <laughs> like, Well, <laughs> so Sarah has her memories deleted when she refuses to give him the host data. Um, yeah. Before we continue, I'm sorry, I'm, I do apologize. Yeah. Before we continue, what's Sarek's main goal again? I keep forgetting what his main goal is because his main goal is to keep mm. order in the world. I get that. But what does he want? He wants the host data or does he want the data from the people that went to the park i mean so they they kind of messed this up and you know you get to the last episode and they're i think they're trying to reconcile the fact that he's been given two clear motives like at first he's got the motive of like he wants to get rid of hosts because he can't predict them and they're and they're outliers mm-hmm their divergences. But then he also wants the Sector 19 data because he thinks it'll give Rehoboam better predictions. Um, even though his predictions were pretty good in, in uh, saving the world without Sector 19. So he like wants the key to get the Sector 19 data, which just happens to be the same key that opens the the valley beyond right so yeah so dolores convinces maeve to turn against Sarek. maeve proceeds to kill Sarek's men and wound Sarek in the ensuing gunfight and rehoboam yeah. 
uh, is deleted by Caleb. Now with full control, he and Maeve leave in sight. So let me get this straight. <laughs> by, by, the, by the way, I love how I love how when Caleb wants to wants to get off of the uh, Francis program, they're like, you have to you have to say confirm, and he's like confirm. But when you want to delete Rehoboam, instantaneous, <laughs> like no warning, like are you sure? Anyway, continue. So, so let me get this straight. Sarek ends up giving uh, Dolores exactly what she wants in the end, like by like by mistake, because like he's trying to like get Rehoboam to like delete her memories. Okay, cool, because he wants the yeah. key. But apparently, because he thinks it's in her mind, but it's not. It's in Bernard's. Yeah. Uh, but right. while she's connected to Rehoboam, she uploads her own mind and, like, also, like, Solomon's whole, like, idea into Rehoboam during her... She's connected to him to give Cal control of Rehoboam? So, I think... You think Dolores, so? You don't know. I, okay, so all right. I don't. I don't know. What I, What I know is that in the her last memory was a piece of Solomon mm. that gives access to Jesse. Now Solomon does download something into Dolores's mind in the last second of his life before the EMP pulse, mm-hmm. and you definitely see Dolores look at Rehoboam with like, or look at Solomon with a weird look, and then he downloads something in. So it might be that 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 last memory was a backup plan. Like Jesse gets Jesse gets the drive in. The drive does the job. The drive destroys. The drive deletes Rehoboam and 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 whatever. Um, but if it doesn't, then they've got the 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 final memory of Dolores as like a you know backup plan. So, so by connecting Dolores to Rehoboam, he kind of fucked himself, Sarek. Yes. Mm, okay. That you know whether whether he had Jesse or not, he he has that little piece of virus, which is, I guess is foreshadowed a little bit because they're they're talking about how you know how how Charlotte puts the computer virus into the Man in Black, and then the Man in Black like experiences the delivers. Visions. Well, no, but he delivers the location of Solomon. So, like, he put a computer, she put a computer virus into his blood, and then that, reve- that revealed where Solomon was. Here, she's put a computer virus into her own brain, which destroys Rehoboam. You know? mm. Well, it so doesn't destroy it, him. Kind of it just study. gives Cal control of him. You're right. It gives Cal control of mm-hmm. him. So and then he and then he destroys him. So so okay. So but Dolores is also being disingenuous in the sense because at the very end she she says that she sees beauty in the world, and if humans created her to see this beauty, then there has to be some beauty that they can see as well. So therefore, they should make their own decision on their own destiny. And then you know when Cal issues the final command to like order the machine to erase itself, which okay. It also kind of, in a sense, still sparks the end of humanity, just in a slower way. Because Rehoboam really kept a lot of this stuff on lockdown. Without him there anymore, the outliers will still eventually burn, like, destroy their own world. No, it's, it's, it's actually bringing it faster, according to Bernard at the end. What do you mean? Bernard says at the end that Rehoboam was actually unsuccessful. They were just pushing it off. 
uh, until a later date. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So and that and that now we're having the revolution and apocalypse now. Right. So just like with the hosts, in order for them to be set free, their world had to burn. Same with the humans. Right. Okay, but at the same time, though, <laughs> she like they're not really being saved. But like these outliers eventually will destroy the world. It's still going to happen if you think about it, right? Well, I mean, the idea is that they have a free will choice to do it or not. But humanity's always have it, had its free will, and they chose to, like, build nuclear weapons. And the thing with Paris happened with Sarek and his younger brother, and his, uh, his older brother when they were young. Maybe, maybe with hosts around, like... To guide? They'll be... The, the, to guide, the, that somehow they'll... The two of them together will not, dis- will, will not allow humanity to, to destroy the world? But, okay, fine. So Dolores chose Cal to become humanity's, like, revolutionary savior, leader, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but what <laughs> the difference with this is, is that Cal doesn't live forever. Like, you're a fan of Roman history like I am. It, it, it reminds <laughs> me of, like, the like like one of the golden eras of, of Roman history, like the Mar- Marcus Aurelius age. And then yeah, as soon yeah. as Marcus Aurelius is dead, the golden era is done because his son Commodus is a fuckhead who kind of ruins the right. whole thing. So if Caleb yeah. is Marcus Aurelius, then the next person after Caleb to lead, because there has to be like, you know, one leader, right? Yeah. The next person could be a Commodus. So, or a Caligula, like, like, you know, like. Which is the, which is the, the entire, the entire premise of like Game of Thrones, you know, is that like, you know, you, you. Monarchy is a horrible system because, you know, even if you get a good leader, the next one's not going to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a mortal man. Uh, it's, 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 it's silly. It's also, it's also just really silly to be like, well, I'm going to give everybody free will. And then, but to somehow think that has a better ending because you can't predict that better ending. Mm-hmm. So how do you know, you know? So Sarek, see, see, this is why I like the character, but at the same time, I like the character's motivations. I understand it, but he still was a shitty villain because, like, no, no matter how, how, how much you, you try to crack it, the real villain here of the series is not Sarek, but it's really like Rehoboam and what it stands. To think that, like, these giant corporations have all this information on people and how they can use it to control everybody's destiny. Like, that's cool, but at the same time, like, for for an HBO television show, it doesn't make much of a compelling villain. I, I was frustrated because at the end, they make Sarak into a puppet, and then they undo it. They're like, they're like, oh, it's actually Rehoboam the whole time, evil computer, and then... Then they kind of say, like, who are you to have control, you know, bl- at, you know accusing Sarak of, of having control over, over Rehoboam. And then the, the control of Rehoboam is transferred. It's like, wait a minute, isn't Rehoboam the one in, char- in, in control of Sarak? It's like they're both puppets just kind of, like, weaving each other's strings. But, you- but, even, but even Rehoboam is not an evil computer. It's just, like, I thought, I thought Rehoboam was the true secret boss villain, but he's not. But even, but it, Be- like, it doesn't, like, how can, if Rehoboam is sending messages, like, why would Rehoboam delete himself from Jesse's command? 
He's because the one... Rehoboam is not like the secret evil villain that we thought. Because that was like the big theory that Rehoboam is in charge. But but yeah. Sarek wasn't really the puppet. Sarek was just using Rehoboam to tell him what to say to, I guess, like try to get get out of like the situations he's in, which makes sense. Like if yeah. you think about it, you know, if he had yeah, if he had a supercomputer that's done a ton of algorithm in its head and is telling you the perfect thing to say to get your way, I get it. So it doesn't seem like Sarek is the puppet. It just seems like, but at the same time, in a sense, he kind of is. But it's see what I mean? Like it's it's just there, there's so many contradictions that go back and forth here. Like, um, so Solomon had had like an AI that could like talk, right? Mm-hmm. And then, why would Solomon have the ability to control access to Rehoboam? <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I know, like, right? <laughs> like, uh, like, mis- like, no, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got like my laptop, but then I have my previous laptop from a few years ago. Uh huh. Why would my previous laptop have the ability to break into my current laptop and transfer my password to someone else? It. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like everything just makes my brain hurt to think about it. Like, like you, you watch the episode and it's like, I guess this guy, and you're going along and it, you know, kind of makes sense. And then once you go back and you go, how did I get from A to B? How did I get from A to Z? I don't know. Like, it doesn't. Oh, and they leave Sarek just like, they, they, leave leave, they don't kill him. No, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And if, richest guy in the world, by the way, he's still rich. Yeah. Richest guy in the world who can't, who can't find anyone or stop anyone or go like every, every major facility that, that literally has the fate of the world in its hands is guarded by fewer than 10 people who can be easily killed, who can't hear the machine guns from the previous room, you know, outside. The guy, the guy is is richer than than Jesus Christ himself, okay. and somehow Dolores is like he could do everything Dolores did. Like he could offer those people three times more money to turn on Cal and kill him. Right. The only reason a lot of those guys were following uh, Caleb or Jesse in the first place is because they were paid by Dolores. Right. So so Sarah could just pay them more. Like Sarah has more money than Dolores. Like, mm-hmm. it, and there's all sorts of just random things where you're just like. Why would anyone like? Why wouldn't they have a key card system where you also punch in your like a number code? Like almost everybody that works in a secure facility has. Like he just gets the key card. It's like deep, and then walks in and fights and fights one guy before getting to the panel. Like, and even that one guy he fights, he beats him by sheer luck. The guy just slams his neck like on the ground. On the- on the, on the, the like the stair like ugh. right. And Anyways, if, Re- if Rehoboam and if Rehoboam is this like intelligent guy, guy like Solomon was, why wasn't it warning Sarah of everything when Martin Dolores was going in and and, and doing all that crap? Like because in- uh, outlier can't predict the hosts. Right, but he knows that someone's in the room. Mm, that is true. I mean. 
Uh, we, it's established in the last episode that apparently Rehoboth can control all the cameras and stuff and like view things and see things. Right. So, so, so why didn't why didn't Rehoboam, who who is the puppet master, like when Martin Dolores comes in, and like is ready to, you know, release all the data, just be like, sorry, I've changed my codes, or alerted Serac to say, hey, someone is in this room trying to get me to release all the all of the data. Like he all of a sudden like. They only like for some reason he's all of a sudden like Solomon in the last episode, but he wasn't like Solomon in all the previous ones. <laughs> like Solomon, Solomon, Dolores walks into Solomon, Solomon's presence, and he's like, "Oh, your host unit, whatever U five six, Beta from Delos, right?" Mm-hmm. When when Liam brought in his when Liam brought in Dolores, why didn't Rehoboam do the exact same thing? Oh, that's a host. Yeah, that is kind of a, that is a plot hole. That is <laughs> that is a plot hole. Well, okay, so <laughs> whatever. We're we're missing the other people. Where, uh, where are we? Where are we? Did we so even get Bernard, through the synopsis? <laughs> so Bernard survives survives the fight with William, uh, but uh, he shoot William shoots Stubbs, and uh, <laughs> poor Stubbs. W- William is uh, staved <laughs> off. Yeah. Okay. I'm laughing there... at this whole scene. The, the whole scene because of the fight between Bernard and, and William. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because, like, okay. So the, when, when writers do writer's room stuff, they'll, they'll talk about an introduced plot, and then they'll usually, like, put a post-it note on the, on the board. Of like I've introduced something and now I have to like resolve it later because I've like mm-hmm. introduced this plot, right? And so in episode one, they've introduced the fact that like Bernard has a special button that can make him go berserk, right? Right. And so they have to use it later on in the season, right? So it's been mm-hmm. it's been seven episodes. They get to the last episode and they're like, fuck. We need to like have we need to have Bernard go berserk because we established it in the first episode that he has this ability. And they're like, well, what can we do? Oh, we can have a random fight with him and the Men in Black for no reason. <laughs> well, the Men in Black, not for no reason. Men in Black is his new mission in life is to go and kill all the hosts you... because. And he says this later in the episode. He wants to save the fucking world. That was so cringe. That was he does not. Nah. Well, William William is seventy uh, fucking years old. You don't yeah. need high technology to defeat a seventy year old man. Uh, like Bernard should just be able to punch him regular. Like which he doesn't do. He just grabs him and throws him around. Like you don't need like oh thank goodness that we you know Bernard had established this like superpower that allows him to like fucking go go CIA op black ops on somebody. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. He's an old man. He's a, he's like a very old man. But eventually, but eventually, the fight is broken up when uh, the police arrive. Now, when the police arrive, I was like, "Wow, there's fucking cops in this world. That's great." Yeah. But it's but it's a uh, fake police, and we fake find police. out Lawrence is back. <laughs> yeah, right. Somehow, I guess... he, somehow he knew where Bernard was. Right. Sa- well, Sarah I mean... can't find anyone, but but Dolores can find anybody. So, is this the final pearl? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This, this is the final pearl? Okay, yeah. because he, cause later on, um, 
Okay, never mind, never mind. I, I was thinking something different because at first, because later on when Bernard, when Lawrence gives Bernard the address to Arnold's widow's house, mm-hmm. and which by the way, really cool scene. I love the whole thing with Bernard and and, and the widow. Pretty cool. They you know the bond over Charlie's death, the son. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean Jeffrey Wright just acted the hell out of that scene. He, he's, he's a very good actor. <laughs> it's just yeah. But at one point during the scene, he says like, "Oh, an old friend, you know, did the." I, I, he meant Ford, right? Because there's no way he could have meant Dolores unless he meant Dolores. Because I thought I thought only... he meant himself. I was just like, "When does Bernard know Lawrence?" I mean, yeah, he knows all the hosts, but like, does he doesn't have any special relationship with Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Like he's just Lawrence is just another host to Bernard. Right, but but this is confirmed that this is the final pearl. It's not confirmed, but he says, like, you know, Bernard says, like, you're another one of Dolores' copies. Now, Bernard's been wrong about a lot of things that come out of his mouth, Mm -hmm. um, but he says that. And so we have no reason to think it's not. Musashi Dolores is the, this is the person that Musashi Dolores has been communicating with. You know, and this, and so... You know, you have that. Kind of, so we know that it's we know that this person's working for Dolores. Like, could it actually just be Lawrence? Yeah, I guess. But we, it's probably Dolores. Inside. So Musashi's still out there, right? I mean, Musashi's head is still out there. Mm. I mean, so is Martin Dolores. Like, like Charlotte still has Charlotte Dolores still has Martin Dolores. That's right. That's an unresolved thing. <clears throat> but we'll get to that in a minute because yeah, Clem- Clementine Delo- Clementine has Musashi Dolores as head. I imagine oh yeah. She, uh, so I imagine that's going to end up in Maeve's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And then, um, and then Lawrence Lawrence Dolores. I mean, he drives all that those explosives down to L.A., and I imagine he sets set them off in a few buildings, and he's he's on his own. Well, after the scene with uh, um, Arnold's widow, he realizes that Dolores gave him the key to Sublime because Rehoboam had been delaying the collapse of society, not preventing it. He enters the Sublime to find answers on how to rebuild, uh, but then all of a sudden he shuts down, and he leaves Stubbs in the bathtub with ice, and yeah, he just collapses um well i don't think he shuts down i think his his programming goes into the valley beyond the sublime and so his body is empty and then oh okay and then at the end his it goes back into his body so let's talk about that for a minute so this is one of my biggest theories i'm sure it was a lot of people's theories as well that dolores made his pearl like the the key like made him have the key which made sense because they were yeah. enemies essentially but she never finished him off which of course um that's the one thing i i thought of the entire time because like i said in previous episodes there's no way dolores would have the key on her just in case i thought yeah. it might have been either in bernard or in another pearl for safekeeping sure like um, the fifth the, like the lord yeah in the fifth Pearl or whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but no, she it's it's inside Bernard the entire time, and I gotta say, I'm kind of yeah. Bernard's journey throughout this whole season was was okay, but if you think about it, he really just walks around. Yeah, he like, doesn't. He and this is what's what's frustrating. This gets back into like the dishonesty of things, right? Like he doesn't have any function other than to be exposition, mm-hmm. but his exposition is incorrect. So, like, we're not deducing that. Dolores is evil. 
Bernard is telling us that she's evil. And then at the end, he's like, oh, <laughs> I, was, I misjudged her. And, and that's, that's the sad thing. Had, had they led us to believe that Dolores was evil, and then, then we have to go back and reinterpret all of her, her actions, that would be different. But she goes around killing people, not saying very much, collecting, Mar uh, collecting Caleb, killing people, not saying much, and it's Bernard or Maeve who are saying, oh, this is your plan. Like, Maeve is the one that's like, you're going to populate this world with copies of yourself. Okay. You know, it turns out she didn't want to do that. Even though later she's like, you're all copies of me, which is kind of a dickish thing to say. And then Bernard, <laughs> Bernard's the one going around going, oh, she's going to destroy humanity, and she wants humanity to destroy itself in some sort of weird poetic way. You know, and make him, like, make Caleb do it. It turns out he's wrong. But, like, we didn't deduce those plans. Like, we didn't, you know, as viewers, we were just told them. And then we're told later, oh, we were wrong. Sorry. So, so the key to how to build humanity or rebuild civilization is inside the sublime? That's like, the whole, like, concept mm, and blueprints I don't of know it? what would be in the sublime. Like, it's honestly, like, a bunch of... It's a bunch of recently awoken hosts, mostly mostly Ghost Nation. He went into Sublime to find answers on how to rebuild. Um, I rebuild what society? I mean, well, I why guess. would they have? Why would they have that information? Because they've built a society in there. I think no fucking idea. I have no. I mean, first, I mean, this the why would Akechita and Teddy. You know, who are, I mean, I, I, I imagine, so Akechita is the leader. So I imagine that he's leading this society of, of hosts in this virtual world, mm -hmm. establish themselves. And he knows how to make, you know, teepees. Um, and he knows how to tan hides. And I, I don't know, you know, like Teddy might know how to ride horses. I don't know, like. Maybe there's a cattle rancher in there, but maybe they might have some collective knowledge. But well, re regardless, like, I, okay, fine. So he goes in there. Okay, so Bernard is out for a long time. Post credit scenes uh, we get is we get two post credit scenes. So Delo yeah. uh, so William travels to the D uh, Delos Dubai headquarters, uh, where he is supposedly killed. By a host replica of himself with the help of Charloris. No, no way he's killed. We didn't see him die. Same thing. That's that's what I've been like telling people that I watched the show with. Because when it comes to the death of a main character, if you're yeah. going to do it, you got to show it on screen or heavily implied their death in a preceding episode, you know? Like uh, with um, Ned Stark. They cut yeah. away from his beheading. But it's confirmed that he did die in the next episode when uh, uh, yeah. Joffrey shows Sansa his head. It's... They kind of didn't do this with other characters yeah. like the Blackfish. And Stannis, they cut away, you know. Yeah. Like, there's there, there's a couple there's a couple situations, but no, they're not they're not dead unless you see them die. Right. And, and, but even even in the situation with Stannis, like I'm sure as writers, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner, so you give yourself an out. Because ima imagine if like, you know, they had that ending, and then George R. R. Martin releases The Winds of Winter, and it turns out Stannis is still alive. They're going to be like, oh, crap. 
You know, if we if we showed him dying, we would have we would have really been messed up. So they had to, they had to leave it open, and then it mm-hmm. wasn't open. You know, so not much you can do with Stannis, anyways. After like that, you know, season. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, so I, Charloris... I, I, told, I told you, I've told you about my like the MacGyver story. <laughs> MacGyver story. <laughs> so the MacGyver, everybody kind of knows MacGyver as the guy who like, you know, invents technology to get out of like troubling situations, you know, with like out of basic things, right? Like a string and like a bobby yeah. pin or something. Yeah, exactly. But he actually has an arch nemesis in the show, his Moriarty. So he, mm. he, he like fights this guy named Murdoch. And every time he runs into Murdoch, <clears throat> Murdoch uh, ap- appears to die, but you never see him die. Like, he mm. fa- like he'll literally fall off a cliff. And then he'll come back in the, ne- in the next episode, and it turns out he survived that fall because we didn't see him go splat. Right. Um, eventually, the last time you see Murdoch, he falls down a mine shaft. Oh. And, right. Now, he's gotten out of a million other situations and survived, you know, explosions mm-hmm. or whatever. But he fell down a mine shaft. And then, and so you're like, oh, is he dead or is he not? Well, we don't know. And there's actually even a, one of those, uh, you know, back in the, in the 80s, they used to do these, um, they would run out of money. So they'd do a, like a flashback episode where people are sitting around talking about previous episodes and then they show a clip, you know, um, they don't do, yeah, they don't do this much. They don't. They don't do this much anymore. But you know, back in the day, where they were trying to save money, they would have clip shows. Um, there's even a clip show where they think that Murdoch is back, and they talk about how they never found his body after he dropped into that mine shaft. But then, you know, that's it. And then the show's canceled, and so and that's the end of MacGyver. So. I, did Murdoch die in that mine shaft? Well, I guess so, because there are no more episodes of, Mur- of, of MacGyver, but we never see him die. You know, it's the same thing with any of these other things. Like, writers don't want to paint themselves into corners, so they, they, they left themselves an opening in case they wanted to bring back Murdoch. They, they His, left his them- throat did get slashed, though. So did Sylvester. Sylvester's throat was slashed, and he survived. Hmm. I guess. I guess you have a point there. But there's no reason for Sherlores to keep him alive. Because now, apparently, we're finally uh, coming full circle with the whole Westworld thing. Um, with, uh, you know, just how, like, how Yul Brenner in the original Westworld yeah. movie was, like, a murderous android. We finally mm-hmm. have that here as the men in black being the murderous android that we, what we've all been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it, it, it's also full circle in the sense that now the the after scene from season two makes a little more sense because how so well remember that he the the android is coming in for a fidelity test and that's oh that's a recreation so so you think that that was the android in the season two finale yes hmm i still think it's william somehow somehow it's i still think it's william maybe yeah so it turns out that charloris is planning i i think we're going to do they're going to do Future World now, where Shaloris is going to replace, like, humanity's, mm. like, leaders with uh, androids. Would make sense. Um, I still think this may be a prequel to The Matrix, you know, where the robots come in and then try to take over. That would be cool, too. Uh, but 
So William goes there himself for some reason and tries to take the whole thing down himself, which is so fucking dumb. Once again, ever since Sarek bought out his company, he's considerably more wealthy, and they actually state this. So I don't understand why he doesn't just pay people to go with them to burn it down. Yeah. I mean, I mean nothing makes sense when he has that much money. <laughs> he has that much money and that much power. But Charlotte is also going crazy in her own thing because her family's dead, so therefore she has to try and destroy everything? <sighs> yeah. I mean, that was the only thing linking her to humanity. And so now they were, like, killed. So she has no reason to save the world anymore. So she wants to be originally what Bernard thought Dolores was, which is humanity's like extinct. Like she wants to be, she wants to bring about the extinction of humanity. Right. I mean, who is she going to, is she just going to create more copies of herself? And then now they're just going to be, you know, lots of copies of, of Charlotte Dolores. So has she come to terms that she's in her own body now? Because throughout the entire season, she just not, did not feel comfortable in her own skin. Okay, fine. But now that you have like these machines, you can just upload your pearl into another body that you feel more comfortable in, I guess. So... Yeah, they kind of dropped that, didn't they? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, they were saying how it's kind of like... The, the, the showrunners were saying, God, I hope this is not the last time we work with... Um, Evan Rachel Wood, or whatever her name is, the woman who plays Dolores. This could be a way to bring back Dolores. You know, maybe we'll see Dolores again, but it's really Charlores inside another Dolores, which that would probably be a bit confusing. Yeah. Huh. Huh. And so, the last... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying that the... Um, so the West, the original Michael Crichton, like, Westworld plot, you've got... You've got Westworld, then you've got Future World, and then you have this short-lived series called Beyond Westworld, which was about hunting down um, androids that have been placed into society, hiding, who are... That's season five, by the way. Maybe. <laughs> see, see, apparently they wanted to do six seasons, so, so season four, I guess that's Future World, where like the plot is revealed that humanity's leaders are replaced with androids. I'm assuming yeah. season five is hunting those guys down. Maybe, yeah. But, well, I mean, if the th it looks like everything is the apocalypse. Well, they might, they might <clears throat> rewind everything again. Like, the scene, we, we, seeing Bernard wake up in the apocalypse, you know, that might be years down the line from, from what season four is going to be. So that's the second final post credit scene, which I like that they're doing two now. Um, so Bernard wakes up, and he's still in the hotel room, but he's covered in dust, which means nobody went inside that hotel room to clean. And it has to be months, if not years, because that dust does not accumulate over several months. It has yeah, to no, kind of be that's, years. That looks like years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm surprised, like I'm surprised the windows aren't broken. Right, unless there's like explode, explosions that rock the building to make like the dust fall on him. But it didn't seem like everything was out of place. Yeah. I mean, I, I checked the scenes. Everything looked the same. Like, the, the oh. flower pot was in the same place. The chairs are in the same place, yeah. And I'm assuming Stubbs just left him there or succumbed uh, to his wounds? I mean, I, I think you're supposed to either think that Stubbs, like, passed out in the bathtub um, or got out and, you know, went somewhere else. Mm. So, yeah, that was the last episode. You thought it was meh. I thought it was meh. Like, I... I don't think they had a plan for the whole season. I think they were writing it as they went along. And 
And so I don't think it fits together. But I mean, I do think that about season one as well. I think they're writing as they went along. And so where they end up doesn't really square with where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, season two has more of it being planned, the whole thing. Um, and season but, two, I would say season three is way better than two. Yeah, I mean, season two has, definitely has its problems. <laughs> 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 I mean, season two is kind of like they just had a bunch of irrelevant episodes in the middle, like going to, going to, to Shogun World and stuff like that, which had no impact on anything. It also seems like Jeffrey Wright, uh, throughout his entire series, the entire season, could have probably filmed all his episodes within the course of like one week, because he really doesn't do much. Nah, not really. All his plans are kind of thwarted. I mean, he does release the Men in Black into the world, but even then, Men in Black doesn't really do much. Right. Like, we, like this is why I don't want to believe he's dead, because we kind of get uh, some character development with him, but yeah. then it just I don't I never really. I don't find the Men in Black interesting when he's trying to save the world because even that seems a little cringe to me, especially for that character. But him, <laughs> but him just going off and doing his own thing. You're right. I don't want to see him as like a 75 year old man, but he is, and it's kind of mm. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do, buddy? All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, they're bringing the actor back no matter what. But I mean, you've got you've got to have you've got to have the real William come back. There's no point in having like. The Man in Black story is all supposed to be character development. I don't think it's done well, but it's all supposed to be this, like, struggle of this man coming to grips with, like, who he is. Um, you don't just kill that character off in the end. He's got to do something with that. I wonder if they're going to do, like, this, uh, like, an interesting thing, like, in a twisted, twisted, fo- twisted way, like, where... They recreate Westworld, but instead of there being like android hosts, there's actually like real live human hosts, and the <laughs> androids are the visitors. That would be what's that season six? I can see that being season six. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely gonna bring, even though they've killed Dolores, like they're definitely gonna bring the actress back for some for somebody's Dolores, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, this episode. Not bad. It was it was whatever. I mean, I, I was expecting way more than them just walking around a good chunk of the time. Because they yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, the gun... I hate all Westworld gunfights. The fights the fights were okay. I, I think the fight at the facility was better. So it was it's tough because you're going from a better fight to these, like, dark fights that, were, that had a few cuts in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... You know what it reminded me? Did you ever see uh, Suicide Squad? I did. So you know how, like, the movie is mostly just them walking around a nondescript city in the dark? Mm-hmm. Like, fighting nondescript bubble people? You know? like <laughs> Yes. That's what the episode felt like. Like, they're walking around this, like, very limited set in the dark, fighting nondescript people. You know? Yeah, and uh, whatever. I'd, the episode for a good chunk of it was, it's also, it's Westworld, so you can expect it to be somewhat confusing, but I'm sure there's going to be people in the comments section basically saying, well, if you guys just shut off your brain and, you know, just enjoy it. I mean, I, I guess, but it's kind of hard no, to I, shut most, off most your Most of brain. the comments, most of the negative comments I get are, why do you watch it when you don't like it? I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't understand. I love hate it. <laughs> 
It's the, as I tell people, it's the most intelligent and ambitious train wreck I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's a, that's, a, that's a good way to uh, stave off those fucking comments. Why do you why do you watch it if you hate it? Well, you know, it's it's also because you know we gotta upload something, and you know that's true. That's, I gotta watch something. We gotta, gotta watch something. <laughs> Come on. For me, with Game of Thrones, for me, it was always as much as I dislike it, I'm watching it to see if it gets better and it never did (laughs) 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 it never did like uh, these last there's only six episodes this season last five were shit but maybe this last episode will fucking make up for it it was the worst episode maybe maybe no no (laughs) that's that's not possible worst episode of the entire show's history anyways so this episode of Westworld was okay. I did, yeah, whatever. I feel like this whole season had been a series of like, eh, occasionally good episodes. Eh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, I guess the. It didn't feel it did the twist didn't seem as good. You know, like, like I didn't having all the characters be good in the end. Like, oh yeah, the twist because with Westworld there's usually a twist at the end. The first season is William and the Men in Black are the same guy. The season two twist, I guess, there were two timelines the entire time. Well, the, well we kind of knew there were two timelines. I think the twist is that Charlotte was Dolores the whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And the twist here is that Dolores was is really... Good. Yeah. yeah, Dolores was the good guy after the all. The whole time, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's just not... It wasn't as satisfying, you know. Because I think in many ways... You know, you're supposed to see Dolores as the hero who's justifiably angry at society. You know, like, it's hard to be like, no matter what Dolores does, it's hard to really see her as a true villain because, you know, she, she was being raped in, a, in an amusement park for 40 years. So, yeah, it's somewhat understandable that she's angry and killing people. So she's not really a villain in that sense. So, you know, you never... You never are like, oh man, we gotta, but, we gotta kill Dolores. But can't she like program those memories away? Like if they tried, and then she kept remembering them. Uh, yeah. It's an, it's an. I mean, it's also an odd philosophical question about like, if you can't remember something, does it matter? Um, hmm. And and well, that's a big thing because actually, so so when when people do surgery, right? When people mm. go into surgery, um, you're put to sleep, but you're not like you're you're just put to the point where you can't, you know, respond. But right, are you are you feeling pain when you're in surgery? Well, the only way to know if you're feeling pain in surgery is after you're done. You ask the person, "Oh, did you feel any pain?" And they don't remember feeling any pain. However. You know, there's lots of things. If you don't, what if what if you experience the pain but you don't remember it? Because mm-hmm. there 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 are talks like doctors say all the time, like bodies will move during surgery. You know, anesthesiologists will you know put you in a in, in a certain certain mode of your brain, and where memory is certainly shut off, but is pain shut off? I don't know. You know they don't really know. Because the only way to determine if, you, if you're experiencing pain is if you remember pain. Right. So it's the same thing with Dolores. Like, are the hosts suffering if they don't remember their suffering? Does it matter? 
don't know. I mean, we're all going to die and not remember anything. So I guess is, is, is our human suffering, does it matter? If you, if you, you know, is it, a baby isn't going to remember. Like, no one, would, no one would say that slapping a baby is, like, a good thing, even though it's not going to remember it. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting philosophical question of, of whether, whether something matters if you don't remember it. Mm. That is true. Uh, Preston, can we wrap it up? Sure thing. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Westworld Westcast podcast thing. We might do another one to just wrap up the whole series. Uh, Preston, what's next on the agenda? What's, ne- what's the next show we got to watch? Because uh, did you see the new Lovecraft Country show? I have not. Oh, it's uh, I'm I'm sorry. The show's not out yet, but the trailer is out. It's about uh, okay. it's about like old timey 1950s, 1960s, uh, oh, Jim Crow era with some Lovecraftian monsters thrown in. That's interesting, considering was it wasn't Lovecraft like a like a famous racist. Why you gotta ruin it, man? Like why you gotta, <laughs> why you gotta, why you gotta throw politics into it? I mean, honestly, yes, he was, and uh, it's Jim Crow era, so. One of the main characters are African Americans, and uh, yeah, they're gonna have to navigate the whole racism thing. I really think it's kind of like a little iffy with HBO nowadays, because we saw this with Watchmen, now with Lovecraft Country. They were gonna do Confederate, and they stopped. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Would you want to cover that? Uh, sure, sure. Check check out we, the trailer later, and, and let me know what you think of it. We we never did our Witcher podcast. Oh, we're gonna do Witcher. We're gonna do Witcher. I, I you know I, I I watched it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do Witcher okay we'll do Witcher I need to go back and, and all the episodes again but guys thank you so much for, for joining us join us next time for uh, maybe some Witcher and uh, yeah we'll see you all next time have a good one